guys, this is Kelly Langston, and this is God, Dreams, and Really Good Coffee. Well, 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 I am finally getting a chance to say um, hello. It has been a while. I've had a few people ask me about when are you doing a podcast, and I want to say forgive me, guys, because I'm trying to make sure that I don't just run my mouth. When I am here putting a podcast out and a podcast before you, it is because I believe there is something specific that God has put on my heart to say to you, and I want to kind of confess this to you as well, <laughs> you know, Sometimes God wants you to do something and you don't. And I feel like he's put this nagging in a good way. I'm not trying to say it in a bad way, but it's just something that will not let me go. That he's telling me, I want you to speak in this podcast. And you know, I have to be really honest. I feel like, well, I'm just me. I'm not trying to be anybody that anybody knows. I actually kind of prefer not being. I kind of like working behind the scenes and praying behind the scenes. It's what I really enjoy. But sometimes you look around and you wait for people to say things. And I'm not saying that people aren't speaking out, but but you see things going on and you're like, wow, um, I've got to address this because uh, there there are people right now that are hurting. (laughs) And I think that we need to encourage each other. That's what the church is all about. And God has put these words in my mouth. I went for a walk today and I just felt his presence so strongly. And I want to tell you about that. And I want to tell you about this dream that I had as well, because this is God dreams and really good coffee. I want you to be encouraged. Yes. In the midst of everything that seems to be going wrong, I have always said that I believe that there is something fantastic. This this uh, new generation coming up has a promise on them. And that is why the enemy has been after this generation coming up. And he has. Um, but I believe that there's something really big that God wants to do. And I'll tell you about that in a minute. But man, what, what an attack. We've had so much... Uh, hardships with the coronavirus and the economy. Now the, the inflation's going up, the gas, the shelves on in the supermarkets are bare. And you just see this. Uh, can I be honest? A spirit of fear. It's like a spirit of fear. And the first thing I want you to do is turn off your news. If you're feeling that way, please, please, please turn it off for a while and go to God because this noise that is coming add us this negativity, this noise is blocking what God wants to say to us right now. And I'm telling you right now, he needs to talk to us. He needs to say something to you right now. You are important. You are important in this battle, in this day. And God puts you here for this time for a reason. Rise up to it. And the first thing to do is to listen to what he's saying to you. And I'm telling you this because he said the same thing to me. You know, I'm like, who am I? I can't do anything. (laughs) But he's like, yes, you can. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Why are we here? Sometimes I think, God, you know, the 80s were really nice. (laughs) Yes, I grew up, um, I had some of my teenage years in the 80s, and it was a really just a laid back, easy, fun decade for me. And I'm like, why can't it be like that? Well, guess what? It's not like that. This is a battle, but we are here because God picked us for this reason to be here. And 
I'm getting chills just telling you that because he did it because he knows that there is something inside of us that can turn this ship around. And I believe that with all of my heart and with a passion, God wants to turn this around. And I really believe that. So let's talk about that. Why do I say that? I mean, I have lots of friends and I love with all my heart and you may be one of them. And please give me a little grace to say this. A lot of people that I know, um, some of them are just looking for the rapture to come. And I believe the rapture is going to come and it's sooner today than it was yesterday. And I expect it, you know, we, I, I truly in my heart believe we are in approaching these last days. We're probably, we're already in them, but I don't look at that. Like I can't wait just to, uh, to be raptured out of this mess. Because yes, that's easier, right? I, I believe that. And you probably, uh, if you're a Christian that loves Jesus, you probably are tired of walking and seeing so much darkness and pain around us with coronavirus and corruption. And don't you get tired of it? I get tired of it too. And sometimes I'm like, I just come and get us, Jesus. Just come and get us. And I'm telling you, he might. However, this is also in my heart because I love Jesus and I love what he did for us. He sacrificed everything for us because I love him so much. When that day comes, I want to present my talent that he's given. Remember the parable of the talents that he gives each one of us a talent or something he invests in us, gifts. And what, what do we do with them? What do we do with the gifts that he's given us? Do we make something of them? Do we trust them? Do we, do we trust that we'll take our gifts and multiply it? And when he comes, the master returns, we present that gift to him. Or do we know that, oh, you're a harsh master because that's what the parable says. And we're afraid that, you know, we didn't want to lose anything. So we'll bury it in the sand. And when you come back, we don't have anything to give you. So I'm telling you that because my heart and my passion is when that day comes and there is a trumpet sound and we rise to meet him. And I believe that day is coming with all my heart. But when that day comes, I is my desire to present Jesus with a multitude coming with me. A multitude of new believers, a latter rain, a harvest, a revival, a fire, so that we present ourselves as a victorious bride because we believed in the inheritance that he died to give us. We believed in the gifts that he died to give us. We believed in the talents that we've been gifted with by the Father. And we believed that we have faith in the promises of God that we can do all things through Christ that strengthens us, that he hears our cries when we call, that we are more than conquerors in Jesus, that we are children of God in Christ, covered by the blood of the Lamb. And when he sits at the right hand of God, we sit there with him because the Holy Spirit is in us. We are in Christ. Christ is in the Father. And that's where we are. That authority that Jesus had. And he said, all authority after he died on the cross and won this back for us. All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me, Jesus said. Now go and make disciples of all men. People, that's what, when he comes back, I don't want to give them something that I've dug out of the ground. I want to give him um, 
every day that I have a a chance to speak his truth. And I want to give him a harvest, (laughs) a harvest, because I think we're there. People are listening and looking for Jesus like never before. They're hurting. They're scared. There's a spirit of fear out there. And I love, you know, I love the churches. And if yours is a church that's talking about this, because there are some. I went to one just in Wilmington just a few weeks ago, Wilmington, North Carolina. If you are talking about this, good, great. There's a lot of churches that are not, but the people are scared. They are seeing their incomes in question. They are seeing rules and regulations uh, mounting. Their freedoms are being taken away. Come on, they are. Just Let's just see it for what it is. Our health care system is in a crisis. Our borders, you know, I think we're compassionate people, but if we don't have a border, we don't have a country. And please don't cut me out. Listen, listen. The Lord talks about borders and scriptures. We can't be a compassionate nation if we have nothing to give. We must first make sure that we protect what God has given us and then let compassion come through us. And we can be that city, that place that is the light of Jesus. But he's given us things that we need to take care of. So we see all these attacks, you know, and we're our, our attention is um, our attention is not on God. Okay, so let's not go into that too much because I've got a good message for you. So why are we here? Listen, despite of all of these attacks from the enemy, and that's who they are. They're not people. It's from the enemy. All of these attacks and all of these plans of the enemy. I believe that the biggest blessings are behind the biggest giants. And this is a big giant that we face or maybe multiple giants. But I'm telling you that that harvest is right, right behind it. And the fields are white. People are listening and they're looking for Jesus. He's the one, Jehovah Rapha, that provides uh, that created our bodies and can give healing. And you might say, oh, the Lord doesn't heal today. Yes, he does. <laughs> yes, he does. He does heal today. He does strengthen us. He created our bodies. He wants us to be victorious. And Jesus said, it is for freedom that I have come to set you free. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Because if we're looking for freedom, that's we got to get back to that spirit of the Lord, spirit of Jesus. We have to get back to the spirit. That's where we're going to find the freedom. Okay, so now I'm, I've rambled on, but you can hear the passion in my voice that there is something that is, we're right on the edge of it. And I really think that it's up to us right now. Remember, a lot of people say that, well, there is no America in the Bible. Some people might see a pl- hints of it, and I've seen hints of it too. But why is that? And, you know, I, I've come to ask God that so many times that I'm wondering if that's because, because of this gift of free will and, and, you know, God didn't create robots. He says, I set before you life and death. Choose life. If you do all these things, it will go well with you in your nation. But we didn't. God said, you have dominion over all of the earth, Adam and Eve. And the devil tricked us into handing that over. It's the same. Jesus says, I've restored this. After the cross, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all men. We have that in Christ. 
We have that. It's a, he, he said, you're going to do greater things than I. You're going to do these things. Why aren't we seeing them? Well, people, friends, listeners, I think we're about to see them. This is a good news. I want to read you a little bit from Luke 18. When I was walking today, and this is when uh, we have to find these quiet times. Turn off the news and find quiet times because God is going to speak to you. Yes, he still speaks today. Yes, he speaks today, and that's my whole ministry, is he speaks to me, and he speaks to you. You have to go with him. He's got a message for you. So what I tell you, I want you to ask, take it to him and ask him to confirm it, or tell you I'm full of it. (laughs) I'm just going to be truthful. You have to confirm it with Jesus, but he will. But he says that I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit, and he's going to tell you only what he hears from God. He's going to tell you what is to come. That's Jesus's words. He can tell us what is to come. So when I go with it, I was walking today and all these things were on my heart. And sometimes walking is a place that I hear from Jesus and I love it through the spirit, the Holy Spirit. So he reminded me of this one phrase that I didn't know the context of, but the phrase was, when the son of man returns, will he find such faith on earth? And I remembered that. He was talking about a future time, and I think he was talking about our day, our day right now. He was saying, when the Son of God, when me, when I come back, am I going to find faith on earth? You've heard that verse probably. So I'm like, what is the context of it? Well, I'm going to read it to you because it's fascinating. So I'm reading from the Amplified Bible, Classic Edition, Luke 18. Bear with me. Here we go. Also, Jesus told them a parable to the effect that they ought to always pray and not to turn coward, faint, lose heart, and give up. That's the Amplified Bible. He said, in a certain city, there was a judge who neither reverenced and feared God nor respected or considered man. It's corrupt government. I'm not trying to read too much into it. I'm just saying this judge was corrupt. And there was a widow in that city who kept coming to him and saying, protect and defend and give me justice against my adversary. For a time he would not, but later he said to himself, though I have neither reverence or fear for God, nor respect or consideration for man, yet because this widow continues to bother me, I will defend and protect and avenge her, lest she give me intolerable annoyance and wear me out by her continual coming, or as the last... At the last, she come and rail on me. This is what the Amplified Version says. Or the last she come and rail on me or assault me or strangle me. That's what this text says in the Amplified Version. Then the Lord says, listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not our just God defend and protect and avenge his elect, his chosen ones who cry to him day and night? Will he defer them and delay help on their behalf? I tell you, he will defend and protect and avenge them speedily. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find persistent faith on the earth? Whoa, I didn't even realize that that was connected to that parable. I just heard, will the Son of Man find faith on earth? And I think about that. Right now, isn't that a message from Jesus for our time? Right now, today. And he's asking, I I almost see him like with a twinkle of his eye asking, this is what this widow did 
for this in this corrupt judge. She, she kept praying and she would not give up and she persistently prayed. She would not give up because the enemy wants us to give up. But we have the promises of God. And that's a promise right from Jesus. Will not the Father who is just give you everything that you're asking for if you don't give up? Yes, <laughs> that's his promise. But it's so easy to get discouraged and want to say, I give up. I mean, I felt like that too. But I've had dreams, don't give up. I've gone back in my journals for two years ago and I've written When you get discouraged and want to give up, read this so you won't give up. I wrote that like two years ago. (laughs) I've had dreams of political figures that have told me, do not give up. That from years ago. And that's kind of how I feel now. And probably you might be battling with, is it is it worth it to keep fighting for justice and for uh, the word of God to have a renewed place in our society? And maybe that's not even what God, maybe he doesn't care. Yes, he cares. Yes, he cares. I mean, for people to say, well, God just doesn't care about. Well, if God doesn't care about kingdoms, you need to go ask why the Old Testament is filled with battles and kingdoms. And and God even says, if if a nation uh, relies on me, it's going to go well with you. Of course he does. It says he sets up borders. He sets up kings. Okay. So here's what I think Jesus is saying. It's a message to us. Am I, when I come back, when the rapture comes, am I going to find faith on earth or not? That's a question for you today. I'm, I'm asking you that. If Jesus shows up, which he's going to, I'm not if, but if he shows up in the near future, what is he going to find? Is he going to find his elective given up? Or is he going to find that we're, no, we are not going to give up. We are going to stand our ground. We are going to dig in on the word of God. We're going to hold up our shield of faith and not let it go. When those arrows come, they're going to hit that shield of faith. We're going to put on that breastplate of the righteousness of Christ and not let the enemy call us names or tell us how terrible we are because we have the righteousness of Christ. It doesn't, that's what the father sees. Are we sinful? Sure we are, but we have the righteousness of Christ. We have the sword of the spirit. That's the word of God. That's our sword. We have the helmet of salvation to protect us from the deceit and the lies that are coming at us 24 hours a day, every minute. We have the shoes of peace that we don't have to be troubled in this world that is flaming all around us. We can walk in peace and stand there. We can say, no, we're not giving you the promises. We're not giving up anything. You can't have our kids. You can't have our, you can't have our country. We can even say that. <laughs> because we can say that the Lord, I believe that there were promises made over our country years ago. My great, great, great something grandfather was William Bradford, and I've read his journal. I know that there was a covenant there. But I'm not even talking about just America. I'm talking about the world. There is a battle for this world right now. And you were created to stand and believe in who you are, a child of God. That you have the power of the Almighty God, risen Christ from the dead in you. And the words that you say out of your mouth can rock the spiritual realm. When you declare that promise, when you declare those words, 
you are declaring that God does reign and he will be exalted. I will be exalted in the nations. I will be exalted in the earth, he said. That's a promise. I, I pray that. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And give us this day our daily bread. Don't doesn't matter what's on the shelves in the stores because the supply chains are, are not uh, functioning. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive our debts as we forgive our debtors because it's not them. We, it's our enemies, uh, the evil one. That's who we're fighting against. It's, and deliver us from evil for yours is the kingdom. Yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. See, we're, we're holding our ground. So here's my question to you. I have rambled on. But I'm going to tell you about a dream first. My question is, will Jesus find your faith when he returns? Because you know what I want? I want to present Jesus with a harvest of souls, of children of God that are coming when the rapture comes. Let's bring, let's bring him a gift. Let's bring him a gift. Let's not come empty handed, beaten and bruised by the enemies of this world. That we believe the words of the enemy more than we believe the word of God. That we are children of the almighty God. That we believe the enemy and the news that we are laughing stocks. That anybody who has faith in, in Christ is outdated. You know, that's what the world wants to tell you. Who cares what they say? You know that he, there is a God in heaven and his son died for you. You know that. You know who you are. You know those promises of God are faithful and true, and not one will the Lord uh, be unfaithful to. But we can give over what he's given us. We can give it to him because he's given us free will. That was a gift of God, and it was a risk, but he did it. He did it because he believes. He believes that was a good gift, free will. But we can be tricked and deceived. So turn off the papers. Turn off the friends that are negative. Get with God every single day and prepare for the greatest harvest we have ever seen because I'm telling you it's coming. I'm going to end with a dream that I had because I've been discouraged too. I'm right there with you. So uh, I that's why I haven't been around so much. I'm like, what are you doing, God? Because I don't want to lead anybody astray. What are you doing, God? And I had to figure this out. Where I mean, I had to wait on the Lord. Wait, what are you saying? Should we pursue them or not? You know, that's what David asked. Is this battle worth fighting or not? <laughs> but Jesus is saying, am, am I going to find faith on earth? Yes. And I tell yes, Lord. Yes, Jesus, you're going to find faith. That's what I said to him this morning on that walk. Yes, Lord. Yes, Jesus. When you come back, you're going to find faith. That's our gift back to you for what you've done. Now, let me go back to this dream. I'm, I'm trying to talk fast because I don't want to keep you all too long. And I forgot to even tell you what uh, I'm drinking today. Um, I am drinking elderberry tea immune booster from the mountainmamaorganics.com. And mama is mountain mama with two M's for mama. Organics.com. And it's elderberry tea. And it's yummy. And it's a, it's a boost. So I've been doing all those wonderful good for you teas that I drink a lot. Okay, let me tell you my dream real fast. And I'm sorry this is a little bit rambling, but I've got this. I just feel the spirit on me and I want to encourage you. We are going to see this. I have not changed my mind. We have not been wrong. God is going to take every piece that the enemy has put on the chessboard and he's going to take it all. And we are going to see it. To God be the glory. Okay, so let me tell you. 
this dream I had. So in the dream, there's a friend of mine who I love with all my heart. She's had a long battle with cancer. I'm not going to say her name, but if she's listening, you know who you are. And in my dream, uh, I'm, I'm standing with her on a very high elevated mountain or like a big hill or something, but very high, looking down at a row of houses, very way below us. There's a long row of houses. And behind the houses comes this enormous wave, like a tsunami wave, just an enormous wave. It's like way greater than the houses, like by five times higher than the than the houses. But the wave was beautiful blue and sparkling like light on the ocean. It's just sparkling and, and beautiful. And my friend says to me in my dream, she said, well, what does this mean? And I said, well, I guess it means we're going to die. This is not a good dream so far, right? I said, yes. I said, it looks, I guess we're going to die. This, this wave is enormous. And then all of a sudden I look back and the wave dissipated, like immediately just dissipated. And in its place, far to the right, way below, were five very dark, very, not not big, they were dwarfed in size to the wave, but very dark, ugly tornadoes, like little ones that were like raging. But tornadoes are temporary, right? They're, they're storms that don't last long. Okay, so they were just raging. Okay, so then I woke up. And I was describing, though, to my friend in the dream, I was telling her what I was seeing in the dream. And I said, this is the first time I've had a dream where I'm actually able to tell and describe to someone in the dream what I'm dreaming, which is kind of a weird thing. But then I woke up and I was confused because this tsunami, why was it beautiful? Why was it sparkling with all kinds of lights of the sun? But it wasn't good because I said in the dream, well, I guess it means it's going, we're going to die. It's, it's coming to destroy us. And then I look back and it's gone and that troubled me. So I prayed about it for a few days and I looked up, uh, references in scripture to tidal waves and, and mostly I found judgment and that's the key. I'm like, so was the wave good or bad? I couldn't figure this out. Was it, why was it beautiful in the dream? which would make me think of God, whereas the tornadoes were black and dark and twisted, the enemy, right? So then God, through the Holy Spirit, finally gave me the interpretation. And this is why I'm sharing this with you. Ask God to give you a dream. I'm going to share this one with you because it's encouraging. The wave was from God. You know, God is a good God, but he is a just God. And when we kick him out of our society, uh, he leaves and thing there is a there are consequences to the seeds that we sow. Um, God will not be mocked. We will reap what we've sown. And some of the things that we've sown have not been good. They've been destructive. So those consequences God was allowing as a great tidal wave. So the wave actually was from God and it was about to overwhelm us. The judgment, the, you know, God says, if you do not follow my ways, it's not going to go well for you. And if you go through scripture, you can see that the Israelites were, um, they were taken by Babylon into captivity. Things don't go well when you don't follow God because he loves us. That doesn't mean he's a terrible God just waiting to smite people. That's not what it means at all. Instead, you know, if he loves us. 
he's going to, you know, he's going to reprimand those that he loves. To me, I was looking down at this and this was about to happen. This huge wave was about to take us over, but then it dissolved. Then it just went away. And I was directed to Joel 2. Read that chapter. I'm not going to read it to you because there's, I don't want, that's your homework assignment. Go read it because it talks about a terrible day of the Lord. Then it goes into a verse that said, but perhaps the Lord will relent. And I think that's where we are. We have been praying and praying and praying and, and asking God for mercy, asking God to, to, um, to forgive our sins and, and, the elect have been turned, not everybody, but he says, if my people will turn from their wicked ways. So people are on their face all over. I believe me, they are praying, praying like this woman in the story from Luke 18, praying, asking for justice, praying, not relenting. We're not relenting. We're not relenting. We're not relenting. We're praying, forgive us, Lord. Have mercy on us. Have mercy on us, Lord. This is what your word says. Help us, Lord. And then I saw that wave dissolve. And in its place, we're much smaller, short-lived from the enemy, angry attacks. That's what the tornadoes were. So when that things are dissolved, when God turns it around, when he relents and we find his mercy, because that's what we're going to get, the mercy of God, the enemy's not going to like it. We're going to have those little attacks, but they're going to be short-lived. I believe that. And then I believe Ask the Lord to confirm this for yourself, that the greatest harvest is already beginning. And that's a gift that we're going to give Jesus when he does return. I don't want to show up in the empty handed when the rapture happens. I want to give him this gift of like, I did the best I can with what you gave me. I took your talents, Lord, and did the best I could so that you would have a harvest, Lord. That's my gift, the harvest. Oh, wow. Isn't that exciting? So don't give up. Do not give up. Never, never, never. Do not hand over to the enemy what he has to steal, kill, and destroy. Here's the test. Does it steal? Does it kill? Does it destroy? Then it's from the enemy. Does it bring freedom, an abundant life, joy? Then it's from the Lord. That's how, that's the litmus test. You just asked that. Is it something that brings destruction? Does it kill, kill, steal, and destroy? It's the enemy. It's from the enemy. <laughs> or does it offer freedom and abundance of life? It is freedom that Christ came to set us free. Then it's from God. It's as simple as that. So don't give up, my friends. Don't give up. Don't give up. Ask the Lord to renew your spirit. Go in and begin praying. Just stand your ground. You don't have to go fight on Facebook. You just have to say, go into your closet at night. Go on your walk. Get up in the middle of the night or get up early in the morning or take a lunch hour and pray and go over these things with the Lord and ask and say, Lord, I believe your word. I believe your heart is for your children. Forgive our, forgive our land. Forgive our sins. Help us be, Lord, a nation that brings you joy. Help us bring joy in the world because this is about the world. It's not just about America. And this is about you. And this is about what we're going to have to give the king when he, when he comes and blows that trumpet. That trumpet is going to sound. And I believe it's not too far away. But who knows? Even Jesus doesn't know. So the time that we have here today, use it. Do something with it and be encouraged. 
because this, we may see the greatest turnaround ever. <laughs> and I'm going to be so happy. So God bless you. May you, uh, may God's face shine upon you. May you have joy in your heart. May you hear the words of the God. May he surround you with his presence and may the blood of the lamb just guard you that you hear him well and you discern what is from the enemy and what is from Jesus. And may your life just be an offering to Christ for all he's done. Hey guys, we're going to see it. My name is Kelly Langston. You can find me at kellylangston.com. And uh, I've got some cool things coming up. And um, thank you. Take care. Can a Christian count on every one of God's promises in Scripture and take those on as their inheritance? Well, there are two Scriptures that answer that question. The first is from 2 Corinthians 1.20, and it says, For every one, every one of God's promises is yes in Him. Therefore, the Amen is also spoken through Him, that's Jesus, by us through God's glory. And secondly, Galatians 3.23 says, If you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heir according to his promise. So yes, Christians can count on God to honor the promises in his word and confidently remind our Father of these treasures in our own prayer life. However, and this is important, there is one requirement. In order for you to take hold of these precious promises as your own and my own, We must first be of the body of Christ, and that means we need to have accepted Jesus as the Savior of our life, and that's what it means by belonging to Christ. It all comes down to His great love for us as a gift of free will, and it's a choice that only we can make. God chose to send His Son, Jesus, to ransom us completely from the penalty of sin, and that would mean eternal separation from God. But to be grafted into the wonderful inheritance of promises that I talk about, given by God in the Bible, we've got to choose to accept Jesus as Son of the Almighty God and believe in His sacrifice on the cross and accept Him as the Lord of our life. It's really my choice to make, which I have, and it's your choice to make. And here's the scripture. For God greatly loved and dearly prized the world that He gave His one and only begotten Son, whoever believes and trusts in Him as a Savior shall not perish, but have eternal life. And you know that's John 3.16, and that's the Amplified Version. You know, sometimes we make it harder than it has to be, but the gospel message is really clear. Here is how you can become a Christian and have access to everything that Scripture provides, not to mention a wonderful relationship with Jesus and a personal relationship to hear Him through the Spirit, as I talk about so often. It simply comes down to this. Believe that Jesus is the Son of God. He was sent by God to be a sacrifice or a ransom and to pay the full, not partial, full price of our sin, which is eternal death and separation from God. Trust then in this same Jesus as your Lord and Savior, knowing that he rose from the dead and that we who believe in him will follow and live eternally through him. There's no other requirement other than what the Bible says in 3.16 of John. That decision is the most important decision you or I will ever make. So if you haven't done that, get alone with God today. Don't wait. 
and tell him that yes, you want him to be savior of your life. You want him to be Lord of your life and you accept the gift of the sacrifice and payment for your sins. We're all sinners, but Jesus came and took that shame away. He offers that to us and he offers complete payment of our sins. And once we accept that, and we do have to make that choice. We can't just assume it. We have to make the choice. But once we do, then we have the inheritance of promises of God. But even more, (laughs) although those are wonderful, we have a relationship with Jesus and the Father through the Spirit. And he will guide us and lead us. And the Bible even says he will show you what is to come. It's a beautiful choice. Do not delay. I'm Kelly Langston. Thank you.